Welcome back to Building a Fighter. My name is Dr. Austin Shane, sports chiropractor in Scottsdale, Arizona. With me, as always, badass strength coach in Denver, Colorado, Alex Friedman. How you doing, Alex? I'm doing great on the Sunday morning. It was a pretty nice morning out. It's a little cold down here, though. Not a fan. Not it's a fan. February. It's supposed to be cold in February. Not in Arizona or the Valley of the Sun, homie. It's like You're 55. Soft. I have to wear a sweatshirt and sweatpants. (laughs) Whatever. So today we're going to be talking about the differences between um, basically recreational sport and professional sports. But Alex used terms that I have to look up what he said. Uncultured swine. No, you have the soft science shit. So there's two... Two of these kind of sociological Pleasure models. Pleasure and participation. I'm, I'm taking over. And just sport quick. of sport and power and performance. He's the worst. Okay. So there's two basic models um, behind how people enjoy or participate in sports. Power and performance is the sports that you grow up with, the sports that you want to get good at, you want to win, get to be a professional athlete at. Like winning is very important in this power performance model. You have to show your power, you have to perform well and win. And then there's a different kind of school of thought. And then we've all been part of this, like beer league softball, um, just going to roll jujitsu. I just want to get good, have fun. Um, And that's called pleasure and participation model of sports. So two different ways to go about playing sport. And we kind of house those under their own model, dependent on what the ambition, what the end goal is of our, um, our sport. So I just wanted to talk to Austin about if there's a room for this in a you know professional fighters activity log or how we can balance our power performance versus pleasure and participation sports that we play in our personal life or what the role of each of those is and where it can interfere or where it could be really beneficial for you know anybody as a person or a professional fighter or um, your person that just does BJJ to get better at it like. I feel like there's a discussion here based on how you approach the sport that you're engaging. with. Yeah. I mean, it, it all depends on, at least for me, where you're at in life. Like yeah. it, we, if we could start with a professional athlete, I don't think that would you pleasure in participation is the technical mm-hmm. terms. Yeah. I don't think that has a role in professional athletes for training for their sport. I, uh, I at least don't think so. Let me immediately uh, fire back at you because I'm very prepared for this conversation and you're not. No, not at all. <laughs> but I'm getting, um, I can I, can I finish my point though? Go ahead. But where I think it does benefit, I guess most athletes is when you can cross train with different sports that you love. So yeah, that's part of my take on pleasure and uh, participation sports is they play a big role in a professional athlete or an aspiring professional athlete. I'm coming because it, makes the sport still fun and interesting, right? Yeah. We've all been to that place where training is monotonous and it's just another bear um, on your schedule, another burden, if you will. Um, Taking this approach, whether it's like a small side of game to warm up for practice, whether it's uh, an off day type of recovery activity, and it's more of an activity than it is like training. um, All this can interject fun and kind of revitalize and give you a new perspective into your training. So I think about this two ways. Um, Like one, again, warming up, like we used to play dodgeball before our wrestling practice, right? Especially in February, uh, even in January, when you're getting kind of the dog days of your season, that's going to help revitalize and amp up and get 
more engagement from your athletes. Secondly, if you're off camp, or you're out of camp, you can play certain sports oriented games that teach, you know, lessons. Um, I think about high school wrestling, like that's where you play toe tag, right? Mm-hmm. It's like who can touch the toes more or less. And you can take that as a segue into what wrestling actually is, or you can even just do it. Like I said, in our college room before a drill, it's like, we want to work on footwork. We want these athletes to move their feet more. Let's play toe tag to get them moving, to get them in that realm of thought and warm them up to it essentially. Right. Or like, I look at this like flow wrestling too. Like I'm not really trying to win when we flow wrestle. I'm trying to be creative and and continue the movement and keep going. So I think there's a lot of places where we can just like drop her in or interject these pleasure models of sport where the end goal is not necessarily to win or to get better, but the end goal is to enjoy your time in them. And for lack of a better term, like revitalize your passion. I think, I think it has a place in different parts of an athlete's career though. Because like when I think about, if I think about not just the goods, but the greats, yeah. they're, they have fun, their enjoyment, their passion is just going out there and beating the shit out of people. Like I think about like Michael Jordan, when I think, when I think about that type of person, the peak level of performance, Michael Jordan, mm-hmm. Tom Brady, when you look at that, they just love going to practice every day. That's their joy right? That's their passion is to go do that thing. So I feel like if you need to, it would be fantastic for revitalizing and, but also for allowing athletes to refocus if they've kind of lost their way. But in all honesty, if I'm looking to try to make my people the best way possible, I want them to love the game that they play. The, the performance model should be their passion if they're going yeah. to be a great. And I'm not making the argument that like the, the pleasure model should overtake all of your training. I'm just saying there's places to, to, you know, surgically inject it. Or like, if we're looking at an overall scheme of things, this pleasure model or these games or or whatever you want is like 5% of your training, like not even like you just put it, you just put it in there just to dose it correctly. And you're always going to have individuals with different personalities, right? Like maybe um, you do have the Michael Jordans, the um, who did you say? Mike Tyson. Like you have those people that don't ever want to play games. Like, they just want to fucking dominate and that's what they get off on. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have other athletes that they just play the sport because it's fun to them. Right. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm struggling to think of an example off the top of my head, but there are those athletes out there. Like, yes, they're really good. Yes. They're professional in some capacity, but maybe like dominating and imposing their will on somebody else is not their end game. That's not what they take derived pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, yeah. I don't know. I also feel as though when we think about it from a coaching lens too, like how, how would I help an athlete like that? I think that comes down to understanding what type of athletes in front of you. Yeah. Yeah, And we've talked about assessments all the time, but that's just getting to know the person in front of you and what, what gets, (laughs) what makes them happy. What, what allows them to be as engaged and possible when it comes down to championship season. Yeah. Um, but the other thing that we, we were talking about was just for like people like me and you, we used to be athletes. What is, what do we do with the passion and perf- not passion and performance? There's two P's. What, what are they? Power and performance Okay. versus pleasure and participation. You see how that confuses me? Cause they're all four P's. I knew you were going to struggle to grasp this concept, both in the letters and the words, but also in the pleasure and participation. I don't know if you've ever played a sport where you're not trying to win or dominate. Somebody no. Why, why would I play a sport then? Like that, that's, that's my fine. whole goal. I'm going out there to win. Sure. I mean, and that's fine. That's your personality, but I can honestly say in the last six months of my Brazilian jiu-jitsu practice, that's not what I've been trying to do. I'm not trying to win in the roles. 
I'm trying to enjoy myself and learn something new, you know, because if I was trying to win the roles, I could just out hustle and wrestle fuck everybody like for sure. Point blank. But that's not what I want to do. I want to learn jujitsu, enjoy the process. And like the main thing that's been helping me stick with jujitsu, because I think if I turned it into, I need to win all the time. I would not be doing it anymore. But that's the biggest thing that's helped me win or stay with jujitsu is asking myself, like, all right, did you have fun at practice? Did you learn something new? Those are my two goals, not winning. But, right. But at the end of the day, are you trying to become the best person in jujitsu that you can be? Yeah. So that's just winning in itself. So you're just no, taking, a lo- you're taking the me. long goal. You're taking the long way all the way through. You see the big picture, not the small victories. Because I would, when I practice, I do the same thing. I don't have to win every go, right? But I think, but I need to be getting better and better and better. Yes. You want to get better and better and better. And I'm saying you can do this through a pleasure and participation model. But even to your point, my end goal in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is not to be the best in the world. I don't think that's ever going to happen for me. And I've accepted that and I'm fine with it. My end goal for Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is to gain a complete and holistic understanding of the game so that one, one day I can coach people through it and I can help MMA fighters from that sense. And then two, that I can earn my black belt and, and I'll validate all my practice or feel I can make that accomplishment for myself. Right. Yeah. So my end goal is not winning. And I, again, I know that you're, you're probably never of that thought No, for me, that's my outlook. So that's, that's the, the juxtaposition of these two models, if you will. And yeah. I thought this was going to be an interesting conversation because I knew it was a perspective that you never considered. Yeah. I, I don't know. It, it, I just realized that's like very similar through everything. Like you like the story games and I only want to play games that I could fuck people up with. Like, right. yeah. yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it also comes down to, in my mind, like when you're saying that, oh, you want to get your black belt, you want that type of validation, essentially right. was the word you used. Is that not in itself winning? In my mind, that's what I'm thinking, because it was a goal that you accomplished. That is just winning in itself. It, it doesn't have to beat other people. You're accomplishing okay. something. I think accomplishment is winning, Okay. at least in my perspective, when I think about things like that would be a win to me. That's why the saying is like that, at least to me. So sure. I I see your point, but that's where I think the intersection between the two is there for me, or at least for most people that I talk to um, with my athletes, where it's it doesn't have to be, I have to beat the person in front of me at every single point in time. It's, am I getting better and better and better to get to the goal? Whatever the goal is, UFC champion could be one of them. Best jujitsu practitioner in the world could be one of them or black belt could be another one of them. It doesn't have to be the pinnacle of everything. It's the pinnacle that you set for yourself. Mm -hmm. But then I guess the model would be more like how you go about that versus like the argument of like what you're trying to aspire. Right. Cause I like, right. Right. The power performance model of things like I could join a a competition team in Brazilian jujitsu and like do as many comps as I can. And then like train what is quote unquote, like harder for sure practice to win. Right. Like, that would be a power performance model. But what I've been doing is like going to recreational classes, like making sure I'm learning something when I roll, like, um, you know, every once in a while I go out against a fight team member, like I'm not trying to big dick anybody. Right. And I think that that takes over so many times with whatever sport that you're doing. Right. Like there's some people that just need to win or need to do that. And that's fine. But I think we need to allow space for the pleasure and participation model in some areas of our training. Right. And I think it's a lot more important for the people that are not professionals. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, I, I think in all honesty, that's a reason why I haven't picked up jujitsu yet <laughs> <laughs> is because I know what, what's my goal. What I don't even know if I were to do it is my goal to go out there and 
just start winning tournaments and shit. Cause I, I don't know if that's something I want to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Or is my goal just to be a black belt? Cause there's a lot of black belts out there. There's only a couple, there's a few people that can say they're world champions. Right. So like, it's, it's one of those things that getting into the recreational side of sport, you know, there has to, at least for the most part has to be a mindset shift where you're doing it for, I guess, movement literacy and just betterment, like overall quality of life betterment, yeah. not I'm trying to be the dude. Yeah. And that's, it's I, pro- I mean, yeah, I'm sure it's not just me <laughs> that no, strugg- yeah. struggles with that. And so that's, that's something that people should probably think about before they do start to pick up a sport and, and whether they're done with one part of their life and then go into another, cause I've had those, I've had those thoughts. I'm like, if I'm going to do jujitsu, I know myself. I'm going to fucking do jujitsu <laughs> and I'm going to go out there and I'm going to be the fucking 30 year old dude at the tournaments wearing those colorful rash guards. Try hard. Exactly. And that's just how it would be. So it's, it's something that I'm not ready for because yeah. I got to make that, that I guess, mindset shift. Yeah. Or, or even just like a time commitment in the, the short term, but I do absolutely. I think it's hundred percent something you should consider before going into a, a sport or a, um, league or whatever that you're about to start doing like and i think about it this way too like exclusion athletes you know like you know there's a very small percentage to make it to like the quote-unquote pros in whatever sport they're in but like the rest of them just like get you know the uh, bottom dropped out it's like no more power performance model sport like sorry yep. you're done you know it's like no more and so that's a that's an interesting um vacancy of like where either recreational sport or like semi-professional sport don't really reach. Um, so that's mm-hmm. an interesting place. And I think a lot of former athletes struggle with that or they miss well, that. You, you find your, you find your next fix, right? Like, like, like for me, I went immediately, I saw the writing on the wall with my wrestling career. I'm like, well, I'm done in a couple of years. I immediately went to my doctor. So I go conf- like compete at school. Yeah. Like that's literally what I think when I was in school, like I was, I was there to compete with the people around me. And that's, and then as soon as I got done with school, I'm like, all right, what's the next thing I could do? I, of course my dumb ass opens a business. I'm like, fuck it. Let's compete with everybody, everybody in the world. Why not? Um, and then we open up another business, <laughs> but it's, it's just competition after competition after competition. And just because it's not sport doesn't mean it's not a competition. And that's, yeah. that's a fix that almost like I, I need to have. It's like a drug competition is yeah. fun. <laughs> No, I certainly enjoy competition. I think I was even reflecting on this the other day, like um, conflict in any sort in my life is, has been a, a very uh, important piece, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it expresses itself through sport or through um, like my own ambition or, or whatever I'm going after, like conflict and that competi- competitive attitude is what I've been thriving for in almost every aspect of my life too. So I think you're exactly right. It's like a drug. You look for your next fix. But especially athletically, like that's where I think sports like Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and there's a lot, there are a ton of people. And I was using it for an example for like pleasure model sports. There's a ton of people in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu that are go-hards, right? They mm-hmm. do it because it's a fucking hard workout and challenging endeavor. Um, that's where like, I think CrossFit came in yeah. to huge popularities because yeah. that shit's fucking hard, right? And your ex-athletes, like give me a CrossFit champion that was not elite at a different sport before CrossFit. Yep. Every right. single person at the games. Exactly. Like, especially gymnasts. Right. But, um, those more intense, uh, power performance, like non-traditional models of sport, I think are coming up everywhere and, and popping yeah. up into them. But well, it's cool because you see, 
you see these new sports that are being made too, like a, like a spike ball. Yeah. And you can, we can actually, that's a fun little parallel. That's a, that you can see the difference between the power and performance and the passion and pleasure Yeah, from its inception where they became, they became a professional sport league. They're on fucking ESPN. They're on ESPN more than wrestling is. And then you also have people that just play it to play it. Like me and Alex, like we have fun. We we're there to win, but we're playing just to have fun and to do that model and to, to kind of hang out. So it's a cool little parallel where you could see both of these silos open up at one time from its inception of the sport. And that's happening with a bunch of stuff. Like um, what's it's like bags, like fucking cornhole axe throwing axe throwing. Yeah. I mean, there's, yeah, it's all in how you do it, I guess is, is the main point, but and of course, like everything else, it's a spectrum, right? Yeah, like, yeah. like hanging out in the backyard, having a game of bags, you know, can be your like pleasure model. And then like the next step up, you go to a bar and there's a bags tournament going on. Like it's a little more competitive. You're up Been in the, there. The, the performance aspect a little bit. And then you're really good. You're invited to like maybe a regional tournament or a state tournament in the bags. And then all of a sudden you're playing bags on ESPN and now it's completely about performance, right? right. So just like everything else we talked about, there's, I'm sure, a spectrum of where you land on the, the pleasure model versus the power model. But can I pause you? Exactly what you described is what I was saying at the beginning, where you you start, your passion was just some, their passion turned into performance. Sure. But that's not how it is for 90% of the people in the world, right? Like, I love going out to play bags. You'll never catch me dead on ESPN playing back, right? And I'm okay with that. That's not my end goal is not to play bags on ESPN. I could give a shit less if I ever take my life in that direction. So it's purely a, like a pleasure modeled sport. For me. I know, I know. But I, I just wanted to make that parallel because that's how people, that's how people go about things, right? They start with a passion and sometimes along the way it turns into, Hey, it's more about performance than anything. But at the end of the day, why'd you start the sport? And it's different for a lot like baseball, football, because you've done that since you were six, you didn't like you probably, your parents probably pushed you into whatever sport they wanted you to play. But when you pick up things like later on in life, or I see, actually, I see this a lot with wrestlers that don't start wrestling until they're in high school or they're until they're like 16. They're the ones that make it last. They're the ones that have the passion Hmm. and that passion turns into performance and it's, it's coinciding, not there. It's coinciding, not separate. And so there that that's where my, I mean, that's how I felt. And I wasn't, I was an okay wrestler, but that's how I felt when I was wrestling. Like the weight cutting sucked, but when I was out on the mat, like that was my passion. That's where I felt at home. And it was all about performance at all points in time, but that's my passion. And that's cool. That's an intersection. That's a, a really good parallel when you can find the the pleasure and participation model like coinciding. Yeah. So they can both exist at the same time. I guess I haven't thought about it like that either, which is a, again, a good reason to bring this conversation up to you because if I reflect on it with wrestling, like I had fun doing wrestling. I don't think it was ever like a passion of mine to be on the mat wrestling like in a match i never really like felt in the zone if you will like it was always performance like i love wrestling because i'm good at it i love it because i have so many people surrounding me with wrestling i love my teammates i love all this like but i would struggle to to say that being on the mat was my zone yeah so and i found that a little bit more through jujitsu like I was thinking about another reason I brought this up to you. I was thinking about it the other way as I was driving to jujitsu practice. Like, it's like, what am I actually looking forward to in this practice? Mm-hmm. Right. Because there's going to be plenty of training, like uh, the way our, one of that, our classes is structured. There's probably 45 minutes of technique drilling, 45 minutes of just straight five minute roll. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, what am I looking forward to in this 
practice and my my immediate head went to i'm looking to flow and chain wrestle look for submissions and be creative about it like mm-hmm. those that that's what i enjoy is just like when you're in a scramble and you're flowing to the next move to the next move to the next move and then something happens and you guys break and they're like oh shit what was that what did i just do like what did he just do right like yeah kind of lose yourself in the creativity of the the scramble um and that's where i've really gravitated towards brazilian jiu-jitsu and where it's been really fun is because it's a lot more creative i think than than wrestling has been yeah but that's but you see that <laughs> that was the difference between my wrestling style and your wrestling style like i i mean outside of getting married the best time of my life like i don't know when I've been happier than when I'm in a scramble with Mason Geary at, at practice and I funk rolled him and I got on top and I got my head high and I beat another scrambler in a scramble. And yeah. some of the happiest moments of my life are, yeah. are those. Cause I feel accomplished when I do that. That was the passion. That's my passion. Yeah. So that's, that's that parrot. Like, I don't know. It's just a fun feeling. Yeah, like I'm maybe, smiling maybe, yeah. when I'm doing it. Right. And maybe I didn't find that in wrestling, but actually a really cool, did. a really cool. Th- oh, for sure. A really cool thing was like yesterday. So I, I cornered one of my boxers, Adam Stewart. Um, it was a big matchroom boxing event and we got tickets after the fight to obviously watch after we, after Adam had won and I was watching and there's this kid, I think his name was um, Francisco Smith or something like that, or no Lorenzo Smith, 12 and 0, 23 year old hot shot. He's signed to matchroom boxing. He's smiling in the ring the entire time. He's literally, he's getting his head out of the, he's doing like the Muhammad Ali moving his head back and forth, left to right, getting out of the way of the rounds. And he's smiling the entire time. That's passion. That's where his passion intersects with his performance. Cause you know that there's nowhere else on this fucking earth. He'd rather be than right there. He ended up losing, unfortunately, (laughs) but you could see, you could see the whole time that he was so happy to be in there. That's where he belonged. And I think that's where like a lot of different sports or a lot of different elite level athletes, uh, I guess I don't mean to say elite, but I mean to say passionate athletes can like recognize that in each other, mm-hmm. right? Like you can see that and you can understand, you, even though you may not understand the rules of the sport, you may not understand like the technicalities of what's going on. You can see that, that passion, that drive, that everything when somebody's playing a sport, you know, I even think about it with the rugby team that I play. Like there's some guys on that team that are just ballers, right? Like they're mm-hmm. really good at rugby. And I can see that that's their jam. And in the same breath, playing on a recreational adult league team, right? So it's not like we're winning any national. Well, we're on our way to winning national championship. <laughs> besides the point, right? We're not on our way to winning a professional rugby event, right? right. Or we're not right. trying to get to the pros per se. Um, but you can see that and recognize that and understand that in each athlete's different pursuit, which I think is what makes sport really accessible fun relatable to the whole rest of your life right or to Mm -hmm. other people so i think when you can identify that in somebody else or in a different sport that's really fun and that's when you get to like explore different sports like have you had that feeling in any other sport besides wrestling austin um no yeah no i mean not a sport but that's how i feel about coaching when i i like i've actually started to make more time in my schedule i i right now that's the best part of my day (laughs) is, is wrestling coaching. Cause it brings, it reminds me of the passion I had when I was competing and I can also help these other people and get the, I can see when a light bulb goes off and they start smiling and they fucking get it and they get it immediately. And I'm like, that's one of the best feelings in the world right now. No, for sure. I think that uh, certainly that participation, passion, everything kind of leads over into your coaching um, of the sport. But no, man, I think that was uh, an interesting thought where passion and like, participation or like power like i don't know 
performance with the passion kind of coalesce and they yeah. start to meet up with each other. But I just thought that was interesting I uh, think- in the general sense of how sport can be identified or modified based on what. Yeah. I, I think that they don't have to be mutually exclusive. I think that's a good takeaway is that passion doesn't have to lead to performance, but I feel like so often that people, they try to put them in two separate silos that in reality, it's okay if passion leads to performance and they're, that's, they're doing it because of that, right? It's, it's the Michael Jordan or it's the Kobe Bryant's that stay until 4am and people think he's crazy, but that's just his passion. He just loves when basketball was the sport that he loved to compete in. It's just so happened that his passion turned in to make him a bajillion dollars mm-hmm. <laughs> and made him an amazing athlete, but it's that passion that drives him to be the competitor. It's the passion that drove performance. And you see that time and time again with every great, well, I guess not everyone, but most greats, that's, that's where they're at. Yeah. And now that I hear it too, you can almost uh, like, you can see it in the way that you speak about things. Like you're only speaking about the greats, right. That have the passion and the like performance model in it. And that's again, no problem with that. Like I love greatness as well, but you can see that in people that aren't great as well. Like maybe for sure. Maybe I suck at kickboxing, which I do, but I've been having a hell of a time doing it. I'm having a lot of fun. You know, learning combinations, like identifying openings and trying to slip and dodge and, and things like that. Like, I think, like you said, just as much as there's room for coalescence and uh, like synergy between the two models of sport, I think there's a good understanding that they can be different as well. Like when I go into kickboxing class, like if I went there to win, I would be causing problems, right? Like I yeah. would just be trying yeah. to knock people's heads off with no technique and, or I would get more likely, I would get myself into a lot more trouble. Yeah. But, right because i'm being either one punch too hard you're getting clipped by a fight team member right so <laughs> but if i go in with an even head it's like i'm going in to get better today i gotta learn and develop then i'll probably one have a better time learn more and get better right so i think there's a an appreciation of your approach that comes as well yeah yeah so there's a lot to uh, to be said about like your mental state or how you approach starting a, a pursuit or going to practice damn dude that's that's probably the fastest the time's ever gone on a podcast. Hmm. I was so engaged. I just looked down and it's been like 35 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Good, man. That's yeah. good. So if you want to ever read up on this stuff, like it's literally, as we said, like a power and performance model of sport versus pleasure and participation. There's a ton of uh, like literature about this stuff that I went through in my graduate degree. But uh, but I think we did a good job of pulling it down to like layman's terms, right? How, yeah. How does a educated person talk about this and how does somebody that just learned the four words right before the <laughs> podcast? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I came off as very uh, hoity-toity, but I like the intro though. That was good. But anyways, all right. So this is building a fighter. Um, so we do have our website fully up and operational. Um, that is all up and running. So if you need any of our pre-made programs or want any individualized training uh, or the low back program, we have a neck program on the way that should be done in about a month or two. Um, but please check out buildingafighter.com for all of your strength conditioning needs. After that, we also, you're able to contact us. All our information is in the show notes. That'll be our Instagrams, our joint Instagram, as well as our email addresses. And as always, this is Dr. Austin Shane, Alex Friedman, and we are out. Out.